Welcome to the Grazer's Grapevine. So this is Cheryl Burns, and I'm here today with Dave Hartman, the new program manager for the Pennsylvania Grazing Lands Coalition. Uh, Dave, thanks for taking time to talk with me today. Sure, no problem. Happy to be able to help out. Now, you've been involved with the Grazing Lands Coalition for a while. How, how long have you been involved? Uh, I guess without going back and looking at any records, I think I've probably been involved for about 10 years as a uh, technical advisor. And that was mainly representing the uh, animal systems team of Penn State Extension, uh, which was a the part of Extension that conducted programming in uh, animal science-related agriculture, so livestock and dairy production. And um, we, uh, uh, I would come to the meetings and, and uh, be of support as a member of the Penn State Extension Service. And you're also a grazer. So t- tell me about what you do. Tell me about your grazing life. A little about my background that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess for me it goes back quite a long ways. Um, I actually grew up, was lucky enough to grow up in farming, and we had uh, beef cattle. And so we also fed hogs and grew crops on quite a bit of land. And it was the as the animal ag part, I guess, this first got my attention uh, when I was younger. And, and, of course, at that time we were, you know, raising beef cattle and the, the pastures were fenced in with barbed wire and there wasn't any high tensile fencing at that point in time. Um, so I kind of got interested in an early stage in ruminant livestock production. And as I went through college, um, I majored in animal science in college. And as one of our animal nutrition classes, we had a fair amount of discussion on, this was in the early 1980s, on what was known as uh, voisin rotational grazing at the time. Okay, Okay. so voisin was a, uh, as I found out more about it later, was a Frenchman who did some of the original science work related to managed grazing and, you know, better ways to to manage what we were doing with pastures. And uh, so in college there was some mention about voisin grazing, which for some reason just resonated with me, and Mm -hmm. I never could figure out exactly why. Um, so then I kind of got more involved as I became an extension worker in the middle of 1980s. I did start finding or meet, meeting some people who were actually interested in managing grazing. But the problem was we had really no specialist support at the time. We had very little educational material to work with. Uh, so we were just kind of winging it at that point in time. Yeah. So... So anyways, uh, that led to, you know, quite a few years of doing uh, extension work in managed grazing, forage production, storage forages, the whole gamut as far as ruminant livestock production. And um, so that also led to a personal interest in this type of thing. So actually I was able to get, uh, I was able to purchase a farm in uh, the late 1990s and uh, we raise uh, Katahdin hair sheep, as well as uh, I grass finish uh, about two dozen steers each year for a private um, branded program for a grass finish beef company. And um, 
So that's quite a bit to keep going. Uh, we have two different farms. One is 50 acres, the other is 10. And um, so I'm working the, the sheep program and the cattle, um, sometimes together, sometimes apart from each other, uh, both strictly forage-based. Uh, and um, I, I've never had time with a you know a demanding career and extension. I've never had time to do direct marketing or that type of work, um, but I've been able to generally participate in some of that kind of thing through marketing through other people uh, who have built up marketing businesses and actually built their demand beyond what they were able to produce on their own farms. Um, so, so yeah, um, that's a little bit about my background, how I got into grazing work uh, through extension and then also personally. Yeah. Now you would think, um, and I'm sure other people probably wonder this question, you know, as an extension agent with with access to all the cutting edge knowledge and research <laughs> um, and then taking on the, you know, the Katahdin sheep, uh, the beef, did you have any fantastic failures or, or any, uh, any, anything that you wish you would have done differently, regardless of your knowledge? Um, I don't think there's anything major although one of the things I have found out is that sometimes if you it's really great if you have a really really solid idea of exactly where you're trying to head when you start into an enterprise and I think it goes back to um, it's one of those seven habits of highly effective people begin with the end point in mind and that's a lot harder to do than what it sounds like and sometimes we may get started on an ag enterprise and then maybe decide a few years down the road that we're going to go a somewhat different direction. And when you do that, it can, you know, knock everything sort of off kilter and, and you start, you may have invested in some infrastructure that you don't need now, or you may have to invest in some new infrastructure that you need for your <laughs> new enterprise or whatever it may be. So um, I did uh, start into a couple things there for a short time. Uh, other enterprises, which ended up just, I knew that I had to uh, make some changes and had to focus more on fewer things and do them better. Um, basically, I work as a, as a, basically a one-man operation in my farm. Uh, my wife is not interested in this stuff at all, so <laughs> I'm maintaining a couple properties and, and taking care of livestock and managing the grazing, and it keeps me keeps me hustling to get all that done. One thing I have found out, though, that's kind of interesting that, that's been important, I think, in my extension career is how anything, oft, oftentimes things that may go wrong, maybe through no fault of your own, maybe a weather-related issue or something else, um, or it may be a mistake you made or made unknowingly, how many years down the road that can still have some repercussions. Mm. Um, just simple things, but they're very frustrating as to how long reaching into the future the, uh, the problem can extend. And so, but it's just part of farming, and that's the way things are. You just can't avoid all the problems, and you'll hear farmers always say that they've learned from the school of hard knocks. Right. And that's what that is. That's yeah. the school of hard knocks. You, <laughs> again you and just, again. Yeah, you yeah, just yeah. don't forget um, that, you know, when you made a mistake or something didn't go quite right, this is just how it has repercussions into the future. So, yeah. 
So even with all the hustling, with your properties, your farm, with your extension job, um, which probably is a little easier because you just retired. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. But then, of course, one day later, you started <laughs> in your new role. So, um, Well, I yeah, I worked for Penn State Extension for 38 years and uh, saw a lot of different changes in the system over the years as far as how extension work uh, was conducted uh, from a practical and, and a philosophical standpoint. Um, you know, when I first started, there was more what we call ag generalists mm. in counties, and a person pretty much stayed in their county, and they were available for as a contact point for anything generally related to agriculture. Uh, by the time I retired, we were allowed the ability to specialize quite a bit more. Uh, so I worked for a number of years as the uh, uh, in in uh, ruminant livestock production as well as forage science. And, of course, you know, the place where those two things meet is uh, uh, grazing and stored forages and things like that. So, anyways, during the course of those years, we were allowed to specialize but also cover a larger expected to cover a larger portion of the state as a quasi-specialist in that subject matter. And so um, I recently retired from that work, and um, I'm still going to be busy, and I'm still telling people that I'm not retired. (laughs) I'm just just retired from Penn State, (laughs) and I'm looking forward to being able to focus a little bit more on a, a smaller, with a smaller organization with an established mission and also have a couple of more days a week that I can spend then um, doing some more things on my farms that I've been wanting to do over the years and just have never really had the time to do. Uh, so I've already um, been started on some of those kind of projects. Dave, what do you see as important needs for today's grazers to be successful? That's a good question. Um, one of the things that I have run into a lot, uh, especially here in the last several years as an extension worker, was a lot of folks that may be interested in grazing livestock or dairy cattle or whatever we have, but they get confused by so much information that's out there. And I think, especially if a person is new, they're a novice, they're just learning, they're beginning. They can easily get by confused by just so much terminology and different types of grazing regimens. And then they start feeling like if they're not doing the latest and greatest, that they're um, not going to be able to move it ahead. So uh, what I feel is that for a lot of people that are just starting, what they need a lot of is just good, basic, agronomic slash animal science type information to get things going. And they don't it's the old keep it simple type of thing Mm -hmm. don't make it too complicated um you know let's just get the basics right let's learn how to walk before we run (laughs) and because i've seen some folks over the years who ended up with in situations where they were really trying to do some sort of ultra intensive type of a grazing approach and then they end up spending too much time uh, outside of other jobs 
off-farm job that they may have and then getting frustrated because they don't feel like they're making a progress uh, after a number of years of hard work and intensive grazing management. And so I feel like that uh, that's one of the things that's really important today that the people they they get confused by having almost too much information. Yeah. And they need some just good basic stuff uh, to learn how uh, to be successful. That's one of the major things that I see. Um, I think that we we have a lot of good information available, good sound information. Sometimes it can be a matter of just sorting it out um, and trying to, uh, you know, to pull those basics out of there that's going to help you in your particular situation. That's the main thing. How does grazing management fit into the bigger picture of successful dairy or livestock production? Yeah, that's a, another question that, that intrigues me. And, and the, the way I look at it is this. Okay, so f- generally speaking for dairy and livestock enterprises, feed costs are going to be the biggest single expense item that we have. And then within feed costs, winter feeding is usually the biggest expense that we have in right. most livestock enterprises. So so in light of the fact that feed costs are our biggest expense, um, good grazing management, anything we can do to have forage, to accelerate our forage production for, over the, for the whole farm, from the whole farm perspective, also have forages at the right stage of quality when we are grazing them, and then being able to extend grazing through summertime dry weather and into the early part of the winter, or at least late fall, those kind of things, um, you know, grazing management that gets those kind of things or makes those sort of things happen is going to go a long ways towards helping a person have a successful enterprise in, uh, in dairy or livestock production that's using grazing. It's... Um, just a huge tool that we have and there's so many ways we can go about it but like i was saying earlier i don't want to get people too confused and and make things too difficult because i think the more we make things more difficult we lose a lot of people that just say i'm not going to do all that and sometimes things can be so simple i see a lot of places around the state where people are grazing cattle and their pasture program could be more productive if they would just make one division of a pasture and Mm. have two instead of one and just to give one half of the place a break for a few weeks while the other half is being grazed that would help okay so sometimes it can be very 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 simple Uh, we don't need to necessarily be moving animals multiple times per day you can if you want to and (laughs) you may be able to realize some benefits uh, but there's also a cost to once we get beyond a certain point there's a cost to uh, ramping it up maybe too high to be practical. So sometimes I think just getting those basics right and uh, making sure we have a good sound grazing program that provides the right quality at the right time and in, in good amounts and then stretches grazing into the off-season uh, through the colder part of the year, that's going to go a long ways towards having a successful enterprise. So tell us about your new role as the PAGLC program manager. Yeah, so the 
PLGC has been around for over 20 years, I believe. Yeah, and, just about. and there's, I think, 19 different states nationwide that have their own uh, grassland or uh, grazing lands coalitions. And then, of course, there's the National GLCI, the parent organization. And several of the GLCs in states have employees. Uh, Pennsylvania has never had an employee designated specifically or hired by the, the uh, PAGLC, uh, but was GLC was recently awarded some grant money to be able to hire a coordinator for part-time for two years uh, to base, basically help push some work ahead mm-hmm. and um, expand the the uh, you know the offering a little bit and, and uh, uh, hopefully bring the organization to the next level where we can uh, bring more people into it and, and have a, uh, a really valuable mission and, and offering for people so so folks should expect to see you at different events through the state yeah we'll be of course at some different events a couple of the main things that we'll be working on is uh, Pennsylvania GLC GLC has a mentoring program okay so there's we try to match mentors with mentees Uh, so in other words a person with some experience in grazing and, and ruminant livestock production matched with someone who's new or beginning or wants to learn and um, let those people work together over the course of a year um, to help that new person get started. So we do have some uh, funding available or designated for that program to have mentors available. So we're looking to to move that program ahead and, and find more mentors uh, to to have established at different places in Pennsylvania that we can pair up with people that are looking for mentoring. Uh, GLC also has a mini-grant program. Mm -hmm. So we have mini-grants available that um, organizations can apply for. Uh, For example, to help a field day maybe uh, be able to take place uh, to help cover some of the expenses for events like that and keep keep it affordable for those that want to participate. Um... And we'll also be, you know, like Cheryl said, helping with some events as far as, um, you know, things are already established. We would like to have a good uh, established calendar of different grazing events coming up around the state uh, because we, as an extension agent, of course, and, and I would plan events related to pasture and grazing and then sometimes find out later that we our date was, you know, in close proximity or in direct conflict with someone else's date uh, none of us knew and so we're looking to maybe have a way to have some uh, dates posted on a calendar where organizations can check ahead and see if they're going to be conflicting with anyone else's events Uh, it's it's in all of our interests really if we can keep them separated a little bit and um well and and not and i'm sorry not to interrupt but i think it's important too even if um, there's a small group, even if it's, you know, 10 or 15 grazers that get together um, or for something specific, whether it's a type of, to talk about a type of forage or a specific grazing species, 
uh, please share that with GLC so we can share it with everybody else. Because um, you never know when somebody might need that information and be willing to travel to come and meet with you. So that, that type of calendar... Um, you know, we have some of that now on the website, but you know, we need input from other other organizations. And Dave, you going out, you'll be able to gather some of that. But um, but yeah, it's there's a we, lot of potential out there. Yeah, I'm hoping we can be somewhat of a central uh, central point, uh, like a clearinghouse sort of for people that are interested in grazing. This is a place you can go uh, to see what all might be going on, and we're here to facilitate. We're not here to try to compete with anybody. Um, you know, we're here really as um, first and foremost for producers and farmers that are involved in grazing livestock. And we want to help move things ahead, help people to do a better job, whether that's through um, education, whether it's through mentoring, um, whatever it might be. So in general, we just want to support the industry uh, all the way around. Yeah. So. I think as coordinator, I'm hoping to be able to, we can establish a, a good active board that, um, you know, we get some things accomplished in terms of our committees of the organization and our board meetings. And, and um, we're really hoping over the course of the next couple of years to, to be able to establish some um, strategic plan and some uh, um some thoughts ahead as far as uh, how do we have a succession plan type of thing. So how do we move this thing forward to the next generation and get some younger folks involved in it uh, to keep it moving. So the board will be looking to accomplish some of these kind of things over the next couple of years, as well as um, continuing to be able to find funding so that we can uh, keep this type of activity going in the future. And that kind of looks at the, the, you know, the longer term of this, you know, initial step in this process. But what do you hope to do in the next three to six months? <laughs> well, <laughs> right now I'm on the steep part of the learning curve. <laughs> You've I'm been dropped to, in it, so I've to been, speak. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm, you know, I worked through some IT problems last week and luckily was able to, to get some of that stuff resolved. At least I hope it's all resolved at this point. Um, right now I'm learning more about what the organization does, how it works, who the various players are, which I was lucky coming into it from that standpoint because I do know a lot of the people to begin with who are serving on the board and who are technical advisors. So that part has been good. I already had contact with most of the folks involved. Um, so over the few next few months, I'm going to be making some contacts with um, some potential new mentors and we're going to try to get the mentoring uh, information out so that people know that we have the mentoring program available. Um, yeah, so I think that's over the next few months. Just We're going to get a timeline established for what different things we want to have done at what point over the next two years. And um, so that's that's one of the main things I'm going to be trying to work on here. And that's plenty. That's enough. You, you know, have a lot be, to do. <laughs> there's a lot of things that keep coming in. Oh, yeah, Dave can take care of this, too. And, and that's fine. We'll we'll work our way through it. And, well, we're so uh, glad to have you on board. Well, and thank again, you. thank you for taking the time to talk with me. Sure. Thank you. If anyone would like to have Dave uh, come to an event this winter, or um, if you're a grazing group that maybe isn't familiar with the Pennsylvania uh, Grazing Lands Coalition, please uh, 
contact us. You can uh, reach us at info at paglc.org. Visit the website, paglc.org, or uh, social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you.